if you asked me then, I had absolutely no idea what my potential was. And if you ask me now, I have absolutely no idea what my potential is. All I know is that I have a commitment every single day to being better than the day before. To constantly learn and grow and evolve because in many ways you are what you achieve next. I'm Michael Mogul, founder and CEO of Crisp, the nation's number one law firm growth company. I've built my business through practice, not theory. Crisp started with just $500 to my name and has grown to over eight figures in revenue over the last few years, earning a spot on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest growing private companies in America. Our approach has been to take everything we've learned about generating massive growth within our own organization and help the country's most ambitious and committed law firm owners do the same for theirs. In each episode of this podcast, I sit down with innovative market leaders from the legal industry and beyond to learn from those who thrive in the face of adversity, challenge the status quo, and define what it means to be a true game changer. This is Emily, executive producer of the Game Changing Attorney Podcast. And today, we're flipping the script for a special edition episode to get Michael's take on the silent killer of growth and progress and how to avoid falling victim to it, why execution and operations are the unsung heroes of successful legal marketing, and how to safeguard your success against any imaginable threat. If you can take care of your own house and you can take care of leading yourself, you don't have to worry about anybody else. Take care of your clients, take care of your team, take care of your family, take care of yourself, and do that to the best of your ability. And pretty soon, everything else becomes irrelevant. That's coming up on the Game Changing Attorney Podcast. All right, welcome to the Game Changing Attorney Podcast with Michael Vogel. In the words of DJ Khaled, another one. Another one. So we are back for yes. another AMMA podcast. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. We typically have Michael talking to someone else, but every week we have thousands of people tune in and ask you a lot of questions. And so we started this special segment it's like an AMA, ask me anything. But of course, we got to take a spin on it. AMMA, ask Michael Mogul anything. It was so popular that we had to bring it back. And in fact, so as you mentioning, it is still me talking to someone. Emily, in this case, it's talking to you, the executive producer of the podcast. So you guys have sent in questions. We obviously did not get to all 1,000 last time. So we're going to spread these out. Maybe we'll go for three. Yeah. Let's do it. Three seems to be the sweet spot. So three questions, three answers, and if you are listening to this and you have a question for Michael that you would like to hear the answer to on a future episode, you can send him a text at 404-531-7691, and you might just hear it on the next episode. So without further ado, Michael, are you ready to get started for today? Let's do it. Question number one comes from Jennifer. And she asks, in your experience, how much of marketing do you think is idea generation, content creation, and operations, respectively? And how do you balance these different components in your own marketing strategies? And what do you think is the most important aspect for achieving successful marketing campaigns? So first of all, I think the way the question is worded tells me that this person is thinking about it in the right way of breaking it up into different components and segments. And I think from the outside, a lot of times when people are getting into marketing, they think that the bulk of it is great ideas or like coming up with something really catchy slogan or a catchy idea for some sort of campaign. And they prioritize a lot of the idea generation is to validate whether that's good marketing or bad marketing. And then if it's not the ideas and they say, well, we just got to create a bunch of great content, which of course content is important, 
But then there's that third component, the one that I don't think gets the love that it deserves, which is the operations. And if these three down from a percentage standpoint, let's say marketing being 100%, but you break these down, I'd say it's probably 1% idea generation, then perhaps 5% content creation, and the other 94% is operations. And I'll explain why. Because ideas, there are so many great ideas out there. Anytime you go online, you can see numerous campaigns. It's not difficult to have a great idea. I mean, in this case, you can see what other law firms are doing. You can ask ChatGPT. You can brainstorm. You don't have to be the first to do anything. You can actually put your own spin on something. So the idea generation, I don't know. There's a huge value to that. Although, don't get me wrong, a great idea is a great idea, but a great idea poorly executed never leads to a successful campaign. So then there's the content piece. I mean, you're creating the content, but now I think even just in recent years, content in some ways has become somewhat commoditized where you can produce so many different pieces of content and that's not the barrier to entry that it once was, right? So you see people joining TikTok or putting out stories and reels and YouTube shorts and all these different things that they're filming on their phones. Content is relatively simple to do. I mean, you could even start a podcast and start recording episodes and put a podcast out there and do it either relatively low cost or even free. Right. I forget the name of the of the app out there, but it's like a free app that you can use to actually you can record your whole podcast on there with a guest and you can put it out there on the Internet. So that's the content piece. Now, there are differences between good content and bad content, but that to me is also sometimes subjective in the sense that there's times where candid content filmed on your phone could be better. You're putting up like a TikTok, for example, and then there's times where something that's better produced and perhaps more high quality, whether it's for like a TV commercial or it goes on your website or is something that you're going to run for a continuous period of time, that is a reflection of your firm's brand, right? So you want to make sure you get the lighting right. You want to make sure you get the sound right, all that. But the piece that I don't think gets the love that it deserves, like I said, was the operations. And that's really where I believe the rubber meets the road. If I look at our marketing team and our marketing department, if you look at just the amount of content we put out, everything from a podcast episode every single week for three years straight, we have blogs, video bits, content, graphics, quote cards, all these things happening, like going out on every social platform every single day. It's probably 20 pieces of content at least every single day on every so social platform, maybe a hundred posts a day at least. Who knows, right? On top of that, you've got millions of emails going out every single week all those, it happens consistently every day, every week, every month. That is an operational function. And it's one thing to be able to execute one great piece of content, but if you're able to do that every single day, time and time again, at a consistent standard of quality and everything goes up when it needs to go up, it's done right. That's what leads to a great business. So it's not just marketing. I'd say that the ability to repeat something a thousand times or 10,000 times a month, I think that is a true measure of how good a business is. I mean, you could have one win, right? Or you can do just one thing, right? But to be able to do that thing continuously, right, again and again and again while maintaining a certain brand standard, that comes back to operations. So operations comes back to what's the quality control that's in place? What's the process around producing the content? What's the process around releasing the content? When you look at a marketing team, if you're, if you're going to develop one in-house, there's like several functions. So for example, you could say, all right, well, you're going to need someone to Let's say record the content. Let's say you have a videographer who's going to film the content and then somebody to edit the content, then somebody to write the words, like copywriter, for example, then someone to design the graphics, a graphic designer, somebody to post the content on social, an ad buyer, media buyer, paid ads to actually put placement behind said content, somebody in data and analytics from a reporting standpoint, a project manager to run all those things and just making sure that all of this runs cohesively time and time again. That's a lot of functions working together. So when you look at it that way, you say, well, what's the most important thing? And I like things that can repeat and be on a rhythm. Like when we put out our first podcast episode, that didn't get nearly the consumption that our 150th podcast episode will. 
And the only reason the 150th one does so well is because the 149th would precede it would be released on a consistent cadence. Every single podcast episode that goes out goes out to every podcast platform. There's show notes with every single one. There's quote cards. There's the graphics, the media package we send to our guests that are also on the podcast. There's the vlogs that go on it. There's the emails that go out and it happens every single time. And that's just one initiative. We're just talking about the podcast. We're not talking about any of the other hundred things that are going on. So when you're looking at your marketing, I would really evaluate it from the standpoint of how good is our marketing operation? Because those that have built really great marketing functions are very strong operationally. And then they're supplemented by, let's say, great content and they're supplemented by great ideas. But the idea is the easiest part, right? Like, for example, and depend when this when this episode airs, but we're about to launch a very big campaign. And the idea behind that was just a 20 minute discussion. But then the 99.9% of the work that came after that to actually make it a reality, I think that's where the magic is. Not so much in the idea, but rather in the execution of said idea. Execute. There you go. We're the right shirt for that today. Number two, a lot less words, but a much deeper question actually comes from Jeff. And he says, what would it take to put you out of business? I wonder if Jeff's one of our competitors. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I think about this all the time. What would it take? to put crisp out of business, put me out of business, however we look at it, because in some ways I see alignment there, but really the biggest thing, and there's gonna be some people that roll their eyes, but I think this is what it would take to put anybody listening out of business too. And the only person who can put you out of business is not Google, is not AI or ChatGPT or non-lawyer firm ownership or just any of the wave of change that's coming to the legal industry and beyond, it's you. So what that means is that I think about this from my perspective. If number one, if I'm not constantly learning and growing, then I'm going to basically become less competitive. Also, if I'm not taking care of myself physically, the way I show up cannot be as effective as a leader. If I do something stupid, let's say something that could negatively impact the brand in some way. Let's say I go out drinking. I don't even drink. But let's say I did go out and drink and I decided not to take an Uber while I try to drive home. That would be just disastrous for the brand. Those types of things, I think, are the things you really should be worried about. So all the internal threats that you could have, all the things that you control, but then there's ones externally where you are facing competition, outside market forces, and that to me is more of a function of adaptability and being able to adjust, adapt, learn a new way, take a new approach. And if you're not adaptable, that'll ultimately put you out of business. But all these things, you know, it's interesting, like the number one thing all of your problems have in common is you. So it is your perspective, it is your mindset, it is your outlook. I mean, when you really think about it, let's say if we are evaluated based on our outcomes, where we are in life, right? So like whatever outcomes, whatever results we have, however, how successful our businesses are, how much our family loves us, what our relationships look like, how much fulfillment we have, all those different things. Well, those outcomes are really a byproduct of our actions. Our actions are a byproduct of our decisions and our decisions are really a function of our mindset and the perspective. And our mindset is the lens through which we see the world. So if that is out of whack and someone believes, oh, everyone's out to get me or like, you know, every day they wake up and they're just, they're pessimistic or they think it's going to be a bad day. They're never going to be successful. Well, then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the number one thing that I think can put all of us out of business is ourselves and our inability to lead ourselves effectively, to not be learning, to not be growing, to not be evolving, and then to make poor decisions that ultimately hurt everybody around us. I mean, we see it time and time again. Someone just makes a very bad decision because they don't consider the second and third order consequences of what they're going to be doing. So maybe you being out two in the morning drinking in Vegas may not be the best decision if your goal is to be the hometown hero of the family man. 
I don't know, to each their own. I mean, I think that everybody decides what their goals are, what their priorities are. But when I see someone making very poor decisions, I used to be frustrated and disappointed, but now I just think that was just easy, easy adversary. You know what I mean? The, the one that's just an absolute mess, that's not taking care of themselves, that's fixed mindset, that's not learning, that's not growing, that's just going out there, they're about to do something stupid, they're going to take themselves out of the game. So that's easy, right? It's the ones that are dialed in, the learners. We were talking about earlier that not the, the know-it-alls, but the learn-it-alls, the people that are always learning and growing and evolving that have just alignment in all aspects of their life that are just killers. That's tough, but even so, I used to have an external focus. I used to be worried about all these other companies, all these other competitors and outside market forces and so on. But now I've just realized that if you can take care of your own house and if you can take care of leading yourself, you don't have to worry about anybody else. Take care of your clients, take care of your team, take care of your family, take care of yourself and do that to the best of your ability. And pretty soon, everything else becomes irrelevant. Damn, well said, Michael. All right, well, I'm like, can't have any snarky commentary on that. I'm like motivated and inspired. I want to go like, Let's go. I want to read a book now. Jeez. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. You know, we got three. So last one for the day. Another shorty from Victor. He says, I hear you ask this on lots of podcasts, but I'm interested to get your take. How do you define success? Success is one of those things that I think everybody has their own definition of. And sometimes it's based on what chapter you're in in your life and what your priorities are, what can be important to you. For some people, Success is to be able to prove to all the naysayers that they could be successful, whatever that means. Maybe their definition of success is financial success. Then there's other people that say, you know, it's not about the money. For them, it's am I going to be a great mom or am I going to be a great dad or whatever it is. So everybody can have their own definition of success. I don't think there's one end all be all. But what I've always looked at, to me, success is the commitment to the pursuit of your true potential. And what I mean by that is that how do you know what your true potential is? Hopefully you have no idea because I had no idea. If you rewind the clock back to, let's say, 2008, 2009, I'm working at Taco Mac, essentially waiting tables. It's similar to like a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. As the recession hits, I graduated from college and I was supposed to go to medical school. I decided to take a year before I went, put in for a deferral, and I'm working at Taco Mac. And if you were to evaluate me then, you would say, well, what is this guy's potential? right? He's working, waiting tables at Taco Mac, college graduate, right? Who took the MCAT, got into med school. You can look at that and say, well, I have no idea or maybe not a whole lot of potential. And then you fast forward to today. And of course we've grown crisp and we've done all the things that we've done. This been growing to a team of a hundred plus team members, but it's not even that. I look at now I've got a family. I've got two young girls, how I spend my time, like all the different freedoms of like time, money, and purpose freedom, like that if you asked me then, I had absolutely no idea what my potential was. And if you ask me now, I have absolutely no idea what my potential is. All I know is that I have a commitment every single day to being better than the day before, to constantly learn and grow and evolve, because in many ways, you are what you achieve next. I remember when the first book came out, The Game Changing Attorney, we released our first book. And the day before that book came out, I was not an author. And the day after the book came out, I was an author. And now I'm Best-selling author, right? So in many ways, you are what you achieve next. So for those listening, you have absolutely no idea what you are capable of, what you can achieve. And I think the people that doubt themselves, this is just crazy to think. Because whenever someone tells me one of these things, I'm like, oh, must be nice. Well, they come into our office or they spend some time with us and they think, well, you guys are able to do this, you know, and I'm still here starting out or whatever it is. And I think, well, if you were to rewind the clock back, five, six, seven years must be nice. 
Amper, right? Like the office we were in before this office was one tenth the size, and the office we were in before that office was one fourth the size of that one. And like, and you keep going back, and it's like, oh, and before all that, we started five hundred dollars. So it's like the must be nice stuff is again, it's we all start somewhere. Everybody has their ground zero, and I actually would say the further down your ground zero, probably the greater advantage you have, not the disadvantage, because of all the things and the capabilities that you're going to learn and gain on your on your road to becoming the person that you ultimately can and should be. So to me, again, success is the commitment to the pursuit of your true potential. And because you have no idea, it's focusing on being better in all aspects of your life. There is the freedom of time, being able to spend your time how you want to spend it with who you want to spend it with. And then there's freedom of money to be able to know that, okay, if my dishwasher breaks down, if my car breaks down, it's not the end of the world. It's not going to ruin my day, or I can send my kids to school, or I can get help, or I can hire additional team members or whatever it is. But the biggest thing is really just the freedom of purpose and knowing that the things that you were doing are all in harmony with one another so that, you know, wherever you show up, you're all into those things. So I think that's ultimately what it's about. Now, people will weigh these differently. Some will say, hey, man, just give me a bunch of money. That's success to me. But I know a ton of people with a bunch of money that are extremely unhappy. And then someone will say, well, yeah, I would rather cry in a Lamborghini than I would cry in a Toyota Camry. But the money is something that I hope people don't just chase their whole lives only to end up with achieving that goal when they're 70 years old and realize that they're miserable because perhaps they compromise all the other things in their life that are so important. So money is important, but money only solves money problems. Money won't buy you long-term love and fulfillment. It will just take care of your car when your car breaks down. You'll be able to go eat wherever you want if that's important to you, but it's not going to ultimately be responsible for great relationships. I'll put it that way. And then there's that whole human element. So don't neglect your kids. Don't neglect your partners. And then certainly don't neglect your health. That's the other big one. But if you can somehow get all these plates spinning and you're doing better every single day, you don't have to be perfect, but just you're making forward progress every single day. Maybe you're a little bit better of a dad today than you were a day ago, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. And then you're maybe a little bit better of a leader today. And then maybe you're a little bit better of a friend, a colleague, whatever it is. And then maybe your health, maybe in the best damn shape of your life right now. Or maybe if you're not, you have an opportunity to get there. So again, success is just to me all about being better than yesterday and making that forward progress. Yeah, it makes me think about that. I think it was in James Clear's book or the incremental gains where, you know, you have that graph where if you get like 1% better every day over the course of, you know, a week, a month, it doesn't look like much, but those habits and those achievements compound. And then before you know it, you're going from busting tables at Taco Mac to sitting in this cool podcast studio in this awesome building and running an incredible company. Yeah, absolutely. So you never know. And that's why you got to take progress photos because every day you get on the scale and maybe see, oh, not much difference. Every day you put in the work, you can't really measure it sometimes on a day-to-day basis, but those weeks, months, years, they all add up. There's nothing better than looking back and being so damn proud of yourself. But at the same time, also with all the lessons that you've learned to set yourself up for that next leap, it never ends. And what one person would consider successful at one point in their life could be something very different at another point. And if all I had today was monetary success, like financial success, let's say a big company and like tons of money and cool cars and, you know, big house, all this other stuff, but I did not have fulfilling relationships and my health wasn't where it needed to be and all those things, I would trade in all that money to get all those things. And then I'll tell you, the other big thing is just the importance of time. No one would trade places with Warren Buffett. I mean, here's the thing. You get to become a billionaire if you trade places with Warren Buffett, but you also get to be 91 years old. So it's just the realization of like what is truly important and everybody has their own definition of success, but I would say take some time to really map out what that is for you because then you'll know what you're chasing and whether your actions and decisions actually support moving you closer to or further away from that. 
Man, that's a good one. So there you go. That's your call to action, everyone, for this AMMA. But we'll do this again soon. Yep. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Why not? You've been listening to the Game Changing Attorney Podcast with Michael Mogul. If you found this episode valuable, here are three free ways that we can help you grow your law firm. Number one, download the first chapter of Michael's book at gamechangingattorney.com. Number two, shoot Michael a text at 404-531-7691 and ask him any question you'd like. You might just hear the answer on the next episode. And finally, number three, leave this podcast a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential thought leaders and bring their lessons learned here to you. For more information on this episode, see the show notes in your podcast app or visit gamechangingattorney.com. Thank you.